We're going straight in. Right, we're gonna go straight in. No messing. Um, how are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. All good? No, I mean, yeah. It's sunny outside. I'm bold. <laughs> <laughs> like, you burn. I've burned my head a little bit. Went for a nice bike ride yesterday. Like I can't complain. So I mean, it's been lovely, isn't it? I've got bottles of water all around me. I've got a tea here. The studio Good is company. nice and cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's nice. We went on um, went for a little excursion today. Yeah. So, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I, f- I feel really good at the moment. The Just everything's going really nicely. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just feel good every day. I, th- I haven't had a day where I don't feel good. And partly, that's because I've been riding every... Riding? Uh, running every day. You say you haven't been riding anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> or nothing. I haven't been riding no one. <laughs> you have been riding shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> I've been running 5k every day. I've been eating healthy. I've been... Yeah. Yeah, just I, doing all the shit you know everything that you need to do and <clears throat> recently we had a cleaner i had a cleaner come around you had a cleaner come around so i've been able to keep on top of everything every bit of washing so that, much better every, every bit of washing that comes in is boom it's done like just quickly get it over and done with as soon as you eat your food every, that bruv jordan peterson he just says like you imagine if you done everything that you needed to do which you know you should do and it's like recently that's what i've been doing everything that i know that is the baseline necessity for me to do. I've been doing it. And I just feel fucking great. That's good. That kind of brings it into that first point as well about you can start to do well and there's no chance involved. Yeah. Mm. Like my dad has just been waiting for 63 years for something to happen. Yeah. That's exactly And he's my dad. like, when I say, oh, are you all right? Yeah, I'll be all right when I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. And I, and I think, but why don't you go out and Do make it happen? What are you expecting to happen? Because it hasn't happened in 63 years. So what's going to happen? What have could, not, what, what could happen? Have you not worked this out yet? By this time. How have you not realized that nothing is going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. And and even if something did happen, right? You need to be capable of 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 dealing with your life when there's not all this shit happening. The idea that you won't get blessed with a large amount of money until you've learned and mastered managing the small amount. Because a large amount of money to someone who doesn't know how to manage it is a burden and is probably going to kill them and ruin their relationships. And then, like, I always I always said about a person in my family that I don't like, that if I came into loads of money, that I'd give them a million pounds <laughs> just to show to them that, you know, you're, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. It would ruin them. It, it, this, this money would this money would ruin you. You think that you think that having money would fucking sort your sort you out, mm. but and it was <clears throat> that's that's something else entirely. But the um, I was talking to someone the other day, and they were they were both saying or talking to two people. They were both saying that 
I've I've tried everything to get like mental health help. I've spoken to the teams and they've they've said, you know, I've been through all these these crisis teams with the hospital and stuff and like they can't do anything. And I heard them out and I just said, what do you think they could have done? And they're like, oh, well, I don't, I don't know. It's like, so what did you expect them to do? Like they did nothing, but what, like, what was the other, what was the alternative? Like, what could they have actually done? What could they have done to actually solve your problem? Because I think it's a bit naive to think that you've got all these deep rooted problems. You make one phone call and there's someone on the other end of it who just sorts that problem immediately. Mm. That's unrealistic, right? Mm. So there's, there, I mean, there are people you can ring, there are people you can speak to, there, there are methods, there are programs, there are, um, there are drugs, there's all sorts of things. But they, their, their feeling about it was basically that you need to be rich to get the help that actually works. And I thought, well, I don't think that's true either. Because I had a lot of deep-rooted problems and I sorted them out and I wasn't rich. And it all I starts in your own brain. It literally, every, it, it all starts with, do you want it and how bad do you want it? Like, that's all it is. Mm. How bad do you want it? It's like, if I wanted it so bad, it, in the end, I just, that was it. I just... I couldn't deal with it anymore. And it's like, I have to try my hardest. And yeah, it was amazing. I had my mum to help me out and I had hypnotherapy and stuff, but you go to that and you, you people, I think a lot of people go towards these things like therapy and all these things like they're going to sort me out. And it's like, no, they're just a, a factor to play in helping you find a way for you to help yourself. And that's all it is. You have to want to help yourself and you have to, put in that extra work they can just make things <clears throat> make sense for you that's all it is is the fact that they make it makes sense why you're feeling like this why things in your life has put you in certain situations where uh you feel depressed or um the way that the chemicals in your brain work and all this stuff they can make it easier for you to understand and then you can start to heal from there but um my <laughs> This this is a thing with my dad. He always just says, "Oh, it's just luck if you if you get if you get um if you get rich or whatever." And it's like, <clears throat> mate, it's just not. It's it, there's there's so many factors to play, which some are luck, but it's putting you yourself in the situations where you can actually receive the luck. Mm -hmm. It's like I know it's a it's a bad a bad um analogy, but like you've got to be in it to win it with the lottery. Like if you don't play the game, then you're not gonna win. And the life is like a lottery. If you don't play the game right, then you're not going to win. How are we going to get a podcast with a million subscribers unless we sit here and, and do record it, it when we've got five people listening? Mm. Yeah. You and have to start. There's no... These, these things don't just come out of thin air, right? And you, you, have, to, you have to be there. You, what, what's... This, the thing that I heard of this guy in Canada that talks about talks a lot about financial freedom, health, talks about fasting. He's got some good information he puts out online. And he basically said that a fit body doesn't come about by accident. 
Yeah, there, there, there are other elements that people compare themselves on that can come about without any work, but a fit body, and especially like the other thing is like people that love people love you. You've got a good group of people around you. That and like health and fitness doesn't come about by accident. Yeah, there. That's the result of a series of conscious decisions, lifestyle changes, and 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 making kind of good moves. You know, you don't get a six pack by accident. There are people who are like they're just so slim that it just comes to them. Mm. But to be strong, well built, all of these things healthy, that doesn't happen by chance. Yeah, and then the opposite is true. People like there are people who can't lose weight for various reasons, but a lot of people are overweight and they just eat shit food and drink loads of alcohol. And it's like, there's no luck involved in that, mate. It's fucking just banging your What face. else did you expect? Yeah. It's like the, the inevitable outcome for mm. it. Um, I don't really understand where that idea comes from. But the, there is the there is this idea instilled in a lot of people that like nothing's going to happen for them unless they win the lottery. I think it stems from childhood. I think because like how how many like like I, I've been thinking about this recently. Like who am I up against? Like you th there is there is a foreign family who are fucking. There's about six of them living in like a fucking two bedroom house, and they're all like sharing the rent, and they're fucking. They're putting in like 14 days, 14 hours work, grafting on the side as well, trying to make dough. And they're saving everything. They're wearing like 10 pound <laughs> trainers. They're wearing like fucking five pound slacks and that. And like a t-shirt from Primark or something for like a quid. And it's like, that's who you're up against. They're saving all their dough. They're learning about investing. They're like, where am I going with this? But yeah, they that's who you're up against. And if you're not, if you if you think that it's not just only those people, it's not only those people. There's people. I'm not in that category, but I spend hours a day learning and researching and in a spreadsheet comparing methods. And I don't just sit there and think that's a good idea. I'll sit there and actually work out how good of an idea is it. How much time does it take? How do, would that actually factor into my life and my day to day life? So you've got. I don't look at it in a way that you're up against them people because like we can all do well, but there are people out there who are making massive sacrifices and there are people out there making big concerted efforts towards goals. Mm. So I think up against was the wrong word. I didn't mean to like phrase it like that, but like, that's like, if, if you're trying to make it or you think that there's, a certain way that of making it it's like they're doing those things to make it yeah and it's like that pro that is almost like 80 90 percent chance they're gonna make that's, it that's how someone makes it yeah that is how someone makes it and i don't think that like there's this idea that it's kind of a new concept about if you don't buy coffees that you'll be able to save money that you'll be able to buy a house quicker and this that, and the other like these things aren't necessarily true um, there's kind of this idea that if you live frugally, that you'll, you'll be successful. Living frugally is a component 
to be able to budget properly and actually stick to a budget. But it isn't the thing, you know, you can live frugally, but if you don't, if you haven't maximized what's coming in, you can minimize what's going out all you like, but it's never actually going to lead to anything. There's this- Or utilize what's coming in because I, right now at this moment in time, just saving is not enough. No, it's not enough. It's not enough. And like, if you're not learning about like how to make money in different areas and like building generational wealth over, uh, over time and like where, how, and what's your hedge hedging against inflation and like, learning about the financial system, then it's just not like, do you know how hard it is to save for a fucking house? Like, <laughs> I watched a video of a guy called Samuel Leeds. He basically says about saving, saving for a house is impossible in 2022. He says the average, average wage in the UK is 24 grand, say two grand a month. The average rent is a thousand pound a month. The average house to buy is 210 to 250K. Basically, you'd need a 60 to 70 grand deposit to be able to buy a house, right? Most people can afford to save 500 quid a month, which is what? 60,000 um, divided by 500 quid a month saved. 120 months, 10 years. Take you 10 years to save, to buy a house with those numbers. But in 10 years, you're probably going to need a 120 grand deposit to buy a house. Yeah, because of inflation. And you won't be able to save as much because this inflation thing that we keep hearing about seems to always just outrun the wage increases. So you'll probably actually be earning like 21,000 and you'll be able to save 300 and you'll need double the amount to actually put the deposit down. Mm. So just saving money... All of these other systems that are fucking keeping people like down are constantly accelerating the way that wages aren't matching the inflation and all this. But this is why it's so fucked because our parents, it's not, it's actually, when I think about it, it's not too much their fault because what worked for them, well, some parents, obviously some parents done very well, but what worked for them is not going to work for us. Like you could fucking 40 years ago saved up fucking for a couple of years to buy a house and you I mean, could you, you could buy a house so this was this is how it's explained to me these what these working working men's clubs and these social clubs used to be <clears throat> so this this is around 1960s um mid 60s right to buy a house then there was no barclays hsbc mortgage it didn't work like that <clears throat> you'd go into one of these working men's clubs or like a social club. It's like a community center type thing. And you would ask, or, or even the council you could borrow money from. And you'd show them how much you're earning. You'd, you'd explain the deal if you were buying something to rent it out. And then they would, they would do it based on the deal, not like credit check and this and that. Like you'd have to show them pay slips, but you could... I mean, I think everyone's granddad in the UK worked for Ford at some point, yeah, worked in the aerospace or this and that, like in these industry type jobs. Um, and you didn't, you didn't need anything. 
you needed you needed to show income you needed to show what the deal was if you were going to buy it to rent it out and the guy that owns this building his dad did that and he he got like a 1200 pound loan off of the council to buy their first house in southampton and then they paid it back in like three years and then he done another one and then he started getting him off these um working men's club things and then there's no interest on these so today when you're paying interest for like 13 years out of the fucking mortgage like the first 13 years of the mortgage are just the interest, interest. you know it's if you're paying the capital and the interest from the beginning i think i don't know what that works out over like a 30-year mortgage it's like averages nearly half of its fucking interest or something like that i'm not 100 percent sure on those numbers but there's a lot of interest and before there was none so how much of a difference is that it it's just more and more hurdles and that combined with all of these other um mitigating factors are just making that pie like further and further away and then like you've got more and more hurdles and it's moving as well and like the goalposts keep changing so you can say yeah i'm gonna say 500 quid but if you look at what when you and i wrote a plan out for you your plan and what this this good template is is it allows you to invest more every year so every year you're increasing what you're investing because as you get to a point where you've saved first you save a grand then you save a month's rent then you save two then you save six then 12 then 18 then 24 after you've got like two years of your expenses you can be a little bit more kind of um not risky but you can afford to not have to save 40 percent of your monthly income and you can allocate that to investing in things that if they go to shit or you don't see the money for a while it's not actually going to affect you on a day-to-day so today there is a complete and i don't know how long this has been about because i've not been looking at it i'm looking at it more from my perspective of having a business and what am i doing to try and buy assets and invest and, and save more money and i'm i'm probably never going to be able to buy a house maybe i don't know like i've got shit credit but the thing the thing is is far off but what i can do is i can start businesses that generate cash flow that pay me a wage and then i can set systems up in those businesses provide a service and then it doesn't take up too much of my time and then i look at this I get this source of income over here. I use the excess money off that to start a new source of income over here. That gets set up. They're both working a little bit better. There's no such thing as passive. Even if you're a fucking landlord, you still need to mess about with tenants. But the thing is, is the by starting a business, you learn about how businesses work and it doesn't really change. Because once you know how one of them works, you're pretty much good in terms of fundamentals and the, the fundamental understanding and skill set behind it to to be able to successfully operate this other thing over here. And then say you've got source A and source B, you then pull that money together, start source C. And the other big thing about this success, this idea of success, and this 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 is, I think, a massive misconception that a lot of people have is that it's going to come in one go. 
So you're you're like this, it's normal, and then one day, boom. Yeah, that's like one moment. Big house, big car, nice missus, nice kids, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't fucking work like that. It is a slow, tedious, painful process, mm. and it's difficult, yeah? There is no one thing, because you, unless how many you, things unless you, need to come together? Yeah. Unless you're, that's that thing where you've been searching for your whole life. Like Jack, mate, on his podcast, he's recently talking about the the feeling of when you finally get there and his podcast has blown, like he worked fucking hard. Like he on he was on the bones of his ass for ages and he absolutely smashed it. And then he got to the certain place where he bought the car, he bought the nice house and he's got the nice missus and he's like, He's walking around his house. He's like, this doesn't even make me happy. He's like, yeah, it's nice and everything. But like the, the thing that made me happy was like, I was, I feel like the, the come up was the best bit. So, and the, um, yeah, he, he's so grateful and, but, and he's just happy for the situation of being able to do what he loves every day. And the, all these other things don't really actually make him happy. It's just like he worked so hard to get there and then realized that that wasn't even the thing that made him the most happy. Do you know what I mean? But he, that was like the big moment for him. That was meant to be the big moment. So he thought what he thought was the big moment actually wasn't. It was actually the the whole of the journey. <clears throat> yeah. The, th the thing about that situation, though, is that that's that didn't just happen. Yeah, yeah. There right. were so many factors to play into how he got there. Right, and it didn't just happen in one swoop. Mm, yeah. That was a process that it culminated at this point where he said, do you know what? Like, what I thought was going to make me happy it actually doesn't. Mm. And this is where these things, one thing isn't going to make you happy. This, the way you feel is a dynamic thing and it's subjective and it's you know it changes what you feel is going to make you happy today may not you may get to that point and then you think mm, actually you know mm. i've changed and that doesn't that's that's not it for me the main thing for him was the freedom the fact that he had so much more freedom now because that's what money is freedom and the fact that he could do nice things for people. He was like, that's the, that's like the best thing. Doing nice things for others. Like he, apparently he went to, I think it was his uncle or something. And he just, he, his uncle didn't have a lot of money. He literally found his uncle's bank card and just transferred him five grand. And was just like, yeah, that, that was more to, meant more to me than buying my house. Which is like, that's like the kind of shit that I think about in the future. And it's like, yeah, that's the kind of shit I want to do. I can't wait to be there. <clears throat> the thing I'd say about this, uh, of, of making it somewhere is like, someone is probably not going to just give you that whole amount of money that you like one, one transaction is probably not going to earn you all the money that you need to to reach this place that you're aiming for. It's going to be made up of fucking loads of small transactions or a few big ones, right? So 
like most people who aren't just paid 10 grand a month, they go, thank you very much. It's 600 quid here, 400 quid there, 300 quid over there, 70 quid here. It's transactions. Like you need to be doing transactions. You need to be doing services for people. You need to be buying and selling. You need to be, you need to be providing services that, that earn you money semi-passively. Yeah, it's, it's like a combination of these things. Unless, unless you've got a really successful, for example, YouTube channel where you just earn ad, ad, ad money. That's, that's one big payment. But even that, that's not sufficient. You need all of these other sources. For me, as a 24 year old guy with shit credit, no degree, no career to be in the position I'm in has come from learning that it's not going to come from one place. The, the things that you're taught about the traditional way to do things are bullshit. You don't need a fucking degree. You don't, you do need a degree to be a fucking heart surgeon, but I don't want to be a heart surgeon. I just want to do transactions and make, and make the most for the least amount of time. Yeah. The least not, not time isn't really the thing, but it's, it's the effort and the stress and the other mm. factors to it. I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't be nice to be a heart surgeon and understand that and be able to do that and help those people. Well, for some people. But, like, there's so many things that I've just experienced. Like, you can turn up, you can turn up to a meeting with a client late and you can, you can charge your phone, you can turn up and say, oh, my laptop's going to a battery, plug it in. If you're... If you're a nice person and you're not just taking the piss. Mm. So like these things of like getting uptight and embarrassed about like turning up late or wearing shit clothes. You uh. can wear fucking Crocs and tracksuit bottoms to a fucking job interview and still get the job. These people that have to pretend and all wear suits and they all make themselves look nice. That's not how you make money. Um, it is in some, some aspects. And, you know, if you're taking money off someone for a service, they may be in an industry where they only trust people if they wear suits, but it's not the only way. You can turn up in anything late, unprofessional, like not, not unprofessional, but like unprepared. But if you're professional and you actually know what you're doing and you're providing value, they will look past all of those things. They don't care what you're wearing or what time you got there. If you're providing something of value to them, if I set up a meeting with Warren Buffett now and he turned up three weeks late, you think I'd give a fuck because the things that you'd learn from him would be so valuable. You think I've, I've got all year, mate. Yeah. I could fucking <laughs> wait all year for you. <clears throat> and this, that's anecdotal, obviously. Like it's not going to apply to every situation, but you know, we've, we've been taught a lot of things about how just kind of ideas I felt like I had that like slowed me down at the beginning. Um, but you, you make money by doing shitloads of transactions with a shitload of people. And you can't, That's another you thing, you can't do it by yourself. That not, not all of it. There's a certain level that you can do by yourself, but there's, you need to be able to rely on others and uh, work, be able to work with others and find like that you've struggled a little bit with actually finding people, haven't you? 
And this is like, I think that's probably like the next thing, isn't it? It's like, who, who is it? Who's good for my business? Who, um, how can I trust someone? Who, who can I trust? And working out that aspect of so that side of things as well. Um, yeah. And it's like, like, that is, that is actually a really big skill to have is like, who, who is good? Who can I work with? Who can I trust? And actually being able to build trust with someone as well. You can have the product market fit, the finance, the marketing, the, the entire process behind a business. And one person can probably fuck the whole thing. In a small business, a few people. In a big business, a few more people can fuck the entire operation. Because what's a business? A business is saying, we do this over here. And then over here, someone gives us money for it. So this part over here is, is, is really the most important bit because without that, the bit over here doesn't happen. Okay. Like what I mean is like, if the process behind the business doesn't happen, then no one's giving you any money. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Like I do this alcohol delivery business. So if I don't go and get stock or I don't order it and this and that, and there's no stock to give them, that entire process needs to happen in order to be able to take money off of customers. So people are probably the most important component of any operation. You can have all the other things. That's absolutely fine. You and I can have this equipment. But if there isn't one of us or there isn't either of us, what's happening with it? Nothing. The people is what makes it. Yeah. And, and especially, especially in a business when you've got staff and staff are doing jobs and, and, and things are happening. I, I feel like businesses that grow, that get beyond the level of a few grand a month and go into to bigger numbers and are making millions. That is about people management. Yeah, companies with 50 to 100 employees. They need to know how to keep the people and make the people want to, to work on it. This is why company culture is so important. It sounds like such a whimsical thing of, we're going to create this really cool culture. We're going to have ping pong tables. We're going to go on, we're going to go on holidays and this and that. But you're dealing with people. people. People are emotional. And Gary Vee says that the most important part of people management is empathy. And these things, at first glance, may seem on the surface like they're not 100% true, but they, they are true. Empathy. The guy um, who does Star of the CEO, what's his name again? I'm not sure. Yeah, but he's on Dragon's Done it anyway. Um, he is saying like he wished that he learned people management and the fact that he could, you can't do it all on your own. You need that group, that team of people. 100%. And he said that he made like a, a slide. He had like ping pong tables. He had all the, the whole lot. And he said that anyone could have as many holidays as they wanted. Like there was no cap on holidays. Mm. You could like walk out you could wear whatever you wanted and he just wanted 
because he when he worked for someone else he couldn't bear the fact of he he realized that he had to make it in an environment that he Stephen would, Bartlett Stephen Bartlett that's the one yeah 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 uh, he he needed to make his workplace an environment that which he would want to come to work because why the f- he didn't want to come to work so why should he expect yeah. any other people to go to work that's fair <laughs> and I I think that is sick and and the way he was and people would say to him but surely people just wouldn't turn up to work and he was like no people wanted to work because they wanted to keep their job mm-hmm. like people yeah exactly like <laughs> it's 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 all it's all reverse mm. it's all in in that sense it's reverse and Gary V always says like they don't work for you you work for them and there's this idea in in a small business that isn't making much money that you know, you, you you can once you start looking at the numbers. Does the owner, if the owner's not actually taking much money, then they they are just working for their staff. You know, they're they're taking the risk, they're managing all the paperwork, they're paying all those bills, they're doing all the the behind the scenes work, just so that the staff get paid because the staff don't get paid less because the business isn't doing well. Like people in a restaurant, for example. In a lot of small restaurants and a small small business like cafes and things, the people that work there get paid more than the owner. The people that I pay more in deliveries a week than I pay myself to delivery drivers. So the people that work for you are probably going to earn, I mean, this is an early stage of a business, they will earn more money than you. But... I think coming out of the idea that they work for me, that I don't work for them is actually wrong. Like you always work for them, but it changes because you, you know, you will, you, you will always have those costs because you will always have those, you will always need people and you need good people. Mm. And you want to keep those good people. And the, the difference between a good person and a shit person is, and this isn't just staff. This is, but just it's just teams and people around you in general who are working with you on some project or business. Having a shit person is massively detrimental to the entire thing. And having a good person where the dynamic just works is unbelievable. It makes it fucking like magic. It's it just flows. Yeah. The difference between two people that work in a kitchen in a restaurant, one of them rings you every time there's an order with a problem. And the other one doesn't ring you once. And the person that rings you all the time fucks up every order and you get shit reviews whenever they're working. And the person that never rings you generates five-star reviews. Mm. Yeah. So do you treat those people the same? Mostly, yeah, but one of them needs a bit more hand-holding to get up to scratch, whereas the other one, they may be incentivized by different things. Or you you maneuver it to a point where you see the other person's strengths and then you put them in jobs which they're more, exactly. they're more strength in some areas and then you, put, you find the other one to the other ones. That's so exactly it's about allocating to the right place. That's that's actually true because that that one person that rings you when every time there's an order, they will have strengths 
And maybe it's not in making the orders. And maybe they don't even know what their strengths are, but you see them. Yeah, hundred percent. That that's another thing as well is like putting people in situations to find out what their strengths are. And these these things these things about people management and understanding people and understanding what it's not what can I get you to do for me it's what can we do and have for example having a having a developer as your best friend your best friend's top 10% app developer in the world can fucking churn them out like cups of tea yeah you come up with an idea and that that other person knows exactly what to do a to z that is a completely different thing than fucking having to find it out and like speak to companies who are never going to tell you all the secrets and you've got one person who can literally just tell you the entire thing. I don't know what I was going to say about that, but that, but, but like realizing people's strengths and, and working with them on that basis is, is going to create the best relationship mm. when, and when you've got a friction or you've got a problem who sorry a person well you could call them a problem but like you've got a problem person who everything you're trying to do together is a fucking chore because they're just not the right person for it you have to get rid of them if someone isn't the right fit just don't don't waste your time with it mm. Gary V always says I've heard him say before that uh, having a good person, like an actual good person in real life or whatever, is way better than having someone who's overqualified or really mm. qualified. So, like finding that good person to work with who you can train up to, who's who might not even be uh, uh, unbelievable or amazing at their job, but having the fact that they're a good person way out outweighs the fact of someone being overly good <clears> at their job. And I think that might come with a bit of the things that people are incentivized by and <clears throat> the fact that that person who's overqualified might may think that they're way better than everyone else and they're less likely to help others and um gary v always talks about how people like play in a team mm. he'll always watch how people play in a team because that's a that's a really important thing if you think that you're the fucking big big person and you always have to be right in an argument and this and that like I've I've fallen into that. But I think now it's best to not do that. <clears throat> if you realize a problem with the job that someone else has done, you got to say it in a nice way. Because you might feel, for fuck's sake, why have you done that? But if you say it like that to someone, like some people learn like that, but some people don't learn like that. So you need to... If you, if you, if you say something to someone about you're criticizing their work. You need to try and get the message across in the most effective way. Um, and that's going to change depending on who you're talking to and what situation you're in. So, you know, these people that like Gary, Gary V is like got sick EQ. Like he understands emotion and he's really good with communicating and and being a leader of people and that is probably his best business quality the fact that 
And and the fact that he talks about that so much and makes that the center of which all these other parts revolve around is 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 a fucking unique thing about him. Mm. And and I personally think that's like a massive, massive component of his success. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That guy is just the amount of knowledge that that guy just churns out is just unbelievable, isn't it? Just for free. Yeah. I, I still don't understand how people sit there and say that he talks shit. It's just like... It blows my mind. What, like, is he, what does he talk shit about? There's so many YouTube YouTubers. I, I I type in Gary V on YouTube sometimes and then it just comes up with all these people like Gary V this, Gary V that. And it's like, what the fuck? What? I see him you in hate his comments. On yeah. And there's, you know, he likes to go to garage sales. Mm. And um, he'll, he loves haggling. He loves a deal. And there'll be like a box of 100 Hot Wheels cars and they want $10 for it. And he's like, would you take three? And they're like, I take five. He's like, yeah, go on then. Gives him a fiver for it. And then he'll go and look them up and then they'll be like, just found one in here that's worth $30. And people are like, you're a millionaire. Why are you doing it? Why are you like cheating these people out of it? It's like, well, first of all, the other person agreed. All right. And they're trying to get rid of shit out of their house anyway. And who else would do it? Someone else would come in. What, what, the ne- the ne- what, the what next makes person. it different from someone who's got loads of money and someone who doesn't? It's like or someone who's... And that's a good point because the, the, the point that he's trying to make as well is that anyone can do that. Hmm. Is that you don't need a lot of money to go and start making money, and that's what he loves to do. Like, yeah, he th- that is his main enjoyment. Like, he's he's like, I would just if I could, I would sit on fucking eBay all day and just look at sports cards, and it's like he that's what I love it. to do. And oh yeah, it just it it blows my mind. People just hate on him because I can't I can't find a fault with the bloke. The thing about Gary Vee yeah, is he was kind of like. Well, I'll start with, with my friend Naz, yeah. Naz owns a restaurant. He's got a house up near London. He's got a wife. You think he's got three kids? He's like probably 35. And when, I think it was like during COVID, when the pandemic hit and the restaurant was closed and stuff, and he was like, I'm going to go back to my job. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work again. And I was like, do you not see that as like a f- you failed? I was a bit naive at the time. And he was like, nah, because I, I need to do that to continue to support so that I don't have to put pressure on the business. This is just what needs to happen. That's a source of income that I can guarantee. And I just trade my time and my, my experience. And that in my head made it like instead of putting pressure on yourself to constantly try and find jobs as a as a self-employed freelancer for example that you can just go and get a guaranteed job get yourself in a different position and then and then you just keep churning away in the meantime because when i was working this freelance web design stuff there are periods where i had such little work that there was like months where i didn't make money like several months where i didn't make any money you're just relying on savings and um, those situations call for a bit almost desperation and, and you, um, you, you, you take any work and you'll do shit work 
stuff that you wouldn't normally enjoy to do um or enjoy doing and the thing about gary v is he constantly says like when you're young you can like live off pot noodles and live with five of your mates he's like go and do it go and get fucking scrappy and and do it and i i was watching it and at the time at the time i had hair and i was living on my hairdresser's couch and um Whenever I say I was living on my hairdresser's couch, people are like, yeah, but like, aren't, it's like, nah, but I had hair at one point. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so I started staying on a couch for like three months. And I said, like, this is what I'm doing. I'm working this job in a kitchen. I want to start a business in that area and I want to learn, like, how to do it. And I commented on a video and he was just like, this means so much. He's like, this means so much to me. Because I said, like, you saying this is basically what makes it okay in my head to go and get a job and live on this person's couch and not feel any... Like, I was obviously always polite and I didn't overstay my welcome, but I was always still in the mindset that, like, I didn't feel like I was living on my hairdresser's couch and working a shit job. Yeah. I felt like I'm doing this for this reason. So, like, I... I, or any, any, I don't know, people might think that like, oh, I fell off and this and that. And it's like, bruv, what happened happened. And I was just dealing with the situation. Mm. This is what was available to me to deal with that mm. situation. So that's what had to happen. Mm. That made you. <laughs> yeah, that and fucking a few other things. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> You had to learn them lessons. Being in like shit houses in dirty places with fucking weirdos that you hate the place, right? Like scary houses. I've been in some fucking scary places. And I've, I've always, like especially for the last two, three years, I've been like so focused on, on where I want to head to. And... And especially in the last two years, it's just, I've just been moving slowly but surely towards where I want to get to. And it's just incremental, like lay one brick every day. And there's no one big lick. There's not been one, there's been a few good ones. And then it's just sustained growth. Yeah. So instead of that, you were saying earlier, what did I do with that money when I turned 18? I got like £6,000. That got me a laptop, got me a motorbike, got me a flat. And then it had, it had, uh, it helped me start a business. And then that lasted me about two and a half years. But that was luck. And everything that I kind of did in that period was luck. So it went from nothing to a lot back to nothing right mm. and then from nothing it went to a little bit to a little bit more to a little bit less to a little bit more than before and then up and down up and down and then that's just been a slow but steady upward trend over time so now i know what to do when it goes down i know what to do when it comes up and this is this an analogy that i was saying to you earlier about this game on iphones it was like hills 
and the player's a ball, the ball like has to hit the dip of the hill to to go off the to other accelerate end. Accelerate out. Right. So it's like a BMX jump. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like, like a, dirt a jump. Yeah, it's like a dirt like a dirt jump. And and uh, the way I saw it was like the world is that wiggly map of that track, and you're the ball, and there's going to be up and down, but it depends how you hit it. If you come into that dip, yeah, and then fucking launch off the other end, yeah, you're going to just go bosh straight off the other end of it and and go zooming, mm. right? And you go up and you hit a point and you come back down and instead of looking at coming back down as like, shit, I'm on my way down, you think, well, I'm going to hit this next jump hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then you accelerate and then You're bosh, looking for the landing. To land yeah, you're looking, you're looking for how... You need to understand that the world is like that, yeah. And you're gonna you're gonna be hitting. There's gonna be loads of ups and downs. It's just how do you deal with those downs? If you accelerate hit, if out you more. Hit, if you hit one of these jumps with bad, um, like you case it and you you fucking don't hit it yeah, right, yeah. then that off. uphill journey afterwards is gonna be really hard. Yeah. Because you've got no momentum. So it's about finding your flow, finding where you get momentum and. And and I think you have to if if you always hit every jump sick, how do you know what to do when you hit a jump bad? You have to fail. And this is another point that we said we're gonna talk about is it's fine to fail. Like what what are you really that worried about? Mm. I can I can say that more because I'm young, I don't have anyone depending on me, and I'm lucky that I failed in that time. But you know you can you can sort out a lot of problems, and I always think that people have probably been in much worse situations and been all right. So mm. fuck it, just just like now, now, yeah, I'm just all in in what I'm doing. Just like fuck it, if the whole thing goes to shit, I know exactly what I'm gonna do. Mm. Yeah, so I'm all in, baby. Mm. There's um. Shout out to AD at work. I know he's he's listening. <laughs> he he's a guy that um I go to, uh, I deliver to, and he was saying that oh I was listening to your podcast about the um he, what was it? It was about it was about money and money management and stuff. And and he was like, God, if only like you knew about what it was like to have kids. And um <laughs> yeah, I mean I get that. Like that we're we're talking to a certain set of people where like you don't you probably don't have kids or I, there's some people who it's like who like we understand that there's certain situations where it's like it's very very hard to like get out of or do you know what i mean so i think everything that we talk about is more for like people like our age do you know what i mean i mean obviously but that's not to say that if you do do have kids and you're in that such a certain situation that you can't build on top there's, of that. There's fundamentals, yeah, but you and I are talking from our experience. Yeah, yeah. Neither of us have children. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And, you know, it's easy for me to say, let the whole thing go to shit. You can just jump on benefits, get 700 quid, mm. find a job, go live with a mate, and uh, do a few odd jobs here and then you'd be all right. You can eat, you'll have shelter, and you fucking work it out from there. Yeah, that's not quite the same if you've got three kids in a mortgage. Mm. Yeah, because if that goes to shit, you've got people that are dependent on you. So 
I haven't been in that situation. I don't know how to advise on that. Yeah. So we're only talking from our perspective. <laughs> yeah. That's my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And this is why I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people our age who don't have kids who are scared of failing. People are scared of failing. Failing is your feedback in the world. Yeah. Or scared of saying the wrong thing or just running around <clears throat> scared and that. Forget I was, it. I was like that. Forget it, bro. Mm. But work about it. Work on it. It doesn't just come overnight. That like, doesn't come overnight. All this, you've been indoctrinated. This is the thing. You've been indoctrinated and you've had these ways of uh, t being taught certain ways and cer the certain ways that the world works. And you need to just scrap all that and like try and start from the beginning. And like realize the fact that um, you you're not you're not gonna get anywhere if or it doesn't all this stuff doesn't matter and yeah. There's this guy. He's a property investor. His name's Tach Naguyan Naguyan. I don't know how to say his last name, but he's on Instagram, right? Tach Naguyan, and he always talks about like the lessons that he's teaching his son. This guy's obviously really wealthy. He's got loads of properties, makes millions, yeah. And his son, his son's got like a business that makes him $9,000 a year. His son, his son's like 14 and he's got multiple properties. He's doing all these deals and he's showing his son how, how they're done. And um, he always talks and, and so... Robert Robert Kiyosaki talks about similar things about like he said when he was in school he'd always he said the person that sat next to me was like my best friend because all her answers were always right and he said the teacher saw me as a cheater but he was like in the real world that's how you work like you think we do exams and then your parents like parents punish their kids based on like you got shit grades you're not allowed out or you're not having this, you're not having that. And then you're rewarded for good grades. But in, in the real world, like there's, there's jobs that you're never going to have to do and working in teams is actually much more effective anyway. So why are we never taught, why are you never taught to work in teams? Right? There's a, there's a guy who I was listening to the other day. He was saying how he teaches his kids or what, when does he reward his kids? He says he doesn't reward mm. any of his kids with money for like doing well at school or doing like getting good grades or, and he's like, that's teaching or no, it was, like, it was, he doesn't do it if they do jobs, jobs around the house or whatever. And it's like, that's teaching a kid to be a worker. I, I give my kids money when I, when they finish a book or they do get a new belt in karate or something like that. And it's mm. like these achievements mm -hmm. and that, spares people onto that that puts it's a psychological thing all these things are psychological and i i do really love this um thing of like teaching kids and because I, i'm trying to every day when i'm building the stuff for myself i'm trying to build a, an image of what i can teach someone else mm. i don't know about you but I've, being I'm, able to teach it is a good way to consolidate what you've learned as well exactly and i have this with my sister as well and my little brother, I, I want to install things in them and like mm. tell them things which I didn't know or try and take these constructs of 
how they think that life is. Yeah, I mean, why why do we spend? You know, if from from when a kid is twelve, thirteen, they're pretty switched on, right? Those three years could be spent teaching them such like you, at that age it would be a good idea to find out what you're interested in right and then specialize in it then why do you have to wait until you're 18 mm. to specialize in something right if i mean you know i'm making generalizations i'm not a policy maker so i don't understand like the entire ramifications of doing something at 13 instead of 18 but if you started to find out what you're interested in that age, at that age and you started having good advice and you started working in teams and then it, by the time you're 16, it's completely natural that you work in teams and that this person is a specialist in this part and you're a specialist in that part. Why is there a fucking one-size-fits-all education? And what does that do? We're just creating a standard that we measure people by, but that standard is completely ineffective as as a as a representation of what you actually need to know in the real world mm. and it is is totally inapplicable to the real world let alone the actual content of the education is fucking useless in the real world you know so we're taught to do exams on our own and and the, there's no teamwork whenever whenever there was teamwork in any any project at school it was say there's four people, one or two of them do all the do all the work, or one person does all the work, and the other three fuck about. Yeah, that should be how you're graded at school, based on the input and the effort that you put in. It's like, yeah, you know, the, the, where was the like you failed this class because you just fucked about, right? Fine, no worries. We're going to find something for you where you do want to put in the effort and not fuck about. So you, you wait over here. And then the person who does well, you say, you've done a great job here. You didn't fuck about. You're obviously interested in this. Here's three other people that also did the same thing. There's your team. That's a strong team now. And then instead of, instead of comparing each one individually and saying, you got this grade, you got this grade, you got this grade, you say, what can you produce? Yeah, because this is what you're going to need to do. Your life isn't going to just be you. Yeah, you're going to need to collaborate. And if you want to do something properly and produce things that are bigger than yourself, you need teams. You need to understand how they work. Right. And then the people who didn't work well over here, you know, some people are maybe just going to be shit and you're never going to find a good fit for them. But nine probably nine times out of ten you could combine these people that weren't interested in maybe they weren't interested in music but they would be really interested in design or in um music production i don't know if i just combine that but like maybe they don't like art but they like music or they don't like history but they like fucking geography yeah and 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 specialize based on that because i feel like what are we actually doing and in you know yeah, you, you want to fuck about. I fucked about in every art lesson. Couldn't draw anything. I thought there's literally no point in even trying. I can't do it. It's appalling work. There's just no point in me even doing this. I'm just going to fuck about. English, exactly that. the same. 
just fucked about. I can read and write and remember words and spell absolutely fine. Right? If I really want to fucking find out where a comma needs to go, you just put in Grammarly and it does the whole thing for you. What what relevance did any of that have for me? I can read something and understand like I all learned the message more of it about that like after school when I was actually typing to people and I thought, oh, I actually want to learn learn how to type yeah, properly yeah. and I would like and like writing up emails or whatever and like oh how do my mum would say oh yeah yeah whatever and then I'd I'd just searched up on Google like where's the right place to put commas and, mm. and you work it out in your head oh yeah when you speak like and then where's the right like when I finished school I didn't actually know where to put fucking like where was the right places like start paragraphs or uh, like the difference between there 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 and there I actually didn't know that. And the amount of times that I see it on social media, put someone puts a wrong there and I think, oh my God, you still haven't learned that yet. And the yeah. thing as well is when <clears throat> I feel like there's a lot of people that is like my school didn't have sets. It was just two, two groups. There was only like 40 people in the year. 50 people maybe. So each class is 20, 25 people. And then in other schools, there's like 300 people a year. And there's like, I don't know, 10 sets of fucking 30 people in each class, or maybe even less sets with bigger classes. Mm. And you just have classes and classes of people that just fucked about, right? Why are those people being put together? Yeah, they, they're, 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 they're mismanaged. They need to be put together into things where they actually cooperate and do things well. And I'm sure that's easier said than done, especially with kids. It can be a nightmare to manage. It's not really something very easy to manage. And um, yeah, there's just no real life skills that are taught there. So, you know, people get to, to our age or 20, early 20s, and they... Um, it's the first time dealing with proper teamwork and actual projects and, and who are you on the team? You know, knowing who you are in the team and what part you play and what you're good at, knowing what you know and understanding the, the boundaries of your knowledge is probably the most important thing that you can ever know because you say, I stick to my um, core competences and then I outsource anything which is beyond it. And I've got a good example of, of, of this, actually. There's a guy who works in an oil refinery. And he is... He's a fucking alcoholic, right? But he loves to explain the entire thing of this is how this bit works. And when this happens, this is how we deal with it. And did you know? And then something comes up about the war and then he'll talk for an hour and a half about this ship went here and this person said this and rah, rah, rah. But then he's like that about every subject, even once he's not actually that competent in. So he'll be saying, we'll be, we were talking about my brother once and he's like, your brother's just this, he's just that. And it's like, hang on, you don't actually know that. You're, you're quite sure about yourself. 
but it's only because there's a few subjects which you are really strong in and you think that that translates or carries over into these other subjects where you're not actually that competent in. And then compare that with a guy who was multimillionaire, hundreds of millions of pounds in property, couldn't read or write. Literally could not read or write. Learned how to fucking write numbers and add numbers up on a piece of paper when he was like 60 years old. Right? And I remember talking to him about something and he was like, I don't know anything about that. But he does. Ask him about that. He'd, he'd be much better suited to, to answer that for you. And he had another guy that used to always be with him and he did all the paperwork because that was his speciality. He knew everything about how the council works, how planning permission works, how taxes, HMRC was totally up to date with all the new regulations. He had an assistant that just looked at fucking new regulations and what loopholes they could take advantage of. Right? But this other guy just sat there and fucking smoked fags and watched TV and like look, looked at um, pictures of houses and then tries to understand what money he can make off of flipping them or renting them out and this and that. And um, that, that guy was a much more intelligent person, even though if you were to compare him on, on, on literacy and, and, you know, basic skills, didn't know the alphabet, couldn't read, couldn't write. But he knew how to fucking find But he was house. a multi, multi-millionaire. Mm. And he was so clever in the, some of the advice and the things that he told me about, whereas the other guy knows a bit about history and a bit about engineering, and he thinks that he fucking knows how the whole world works, right? And then there's another guy who is was a Michelin star chef. When I met him, he was retired. And this, this is a guy that worked in the White House. He was the chef for the fucking Sultan of Brunei. He's like massively... Um, esteemed achieved top chef and he was the same i met him in a pub and he said i can see you know what you're doing on on a computer he said do you think you could help me i said what do you want help with and he's like i want to write a book i want to write a recipe book so i said yeah all right and i was i spent three months with this guy in cyprus and um, put this whole book together. And I learned so much from him, the way that he was open-minded and asked questions. And he was, he was always, instead of being heads or tails on the coin, he's on the edge. And he doesn't, he doesn't pick a side. Whatever side it falls on is the side that it falls on. You stay on the edge. And then you 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 fall with it like if it's right it's right if it's wrong it's wrong i don't really you know it's like I th do you know Rich what i mean poor dad, one it says the same thing says the exact same thing yeah because it's um kind of on topic but kind of not um so what's happening with the financial system at the moment of like if if the and some people this might not mean anything to but if they make a if the government make a cryptocurrency how is that going to fall it's like yeah it's it's terrible for for us and a lot of people but 
where can you be on the right side to fall onto? And it's like, you'd be on the side of Bitcoin because Bitcoin will, will rise massively if they make this Fed coin. So it's like, what? Fed <laughs> coin, <yeah. laughs> Such a Fed name for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like who would want to buy that fed coin yeah. <laughs> disgusting yeah. isn't it that's what it's actually called I fed, know fed coin I know <laughs> so, so, the, um, but yeah what side of what you need to be positioning yourself to know when something's coming before it comes so you can fall with it yeah you be of, on the right side of yeah. it yeah 100%, 100%. um but these these guys, this is where I think someone's intelligence and the way that it's judged, the, the measurement of someone's intelligence is the most important thing. There's a quote attributed to Albert Einstein, whether or not he said it is another fucking thing. But it says, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, then the whole world is stupid or something like that. Like we're you know we're making people fit into one box how well do you f how well it's like everyone's a different shape key there's one lock how well does it fit in these one fits perfect now nah, this one's fucking perfect mate look at how nice that fits this one that's a fucking different shape you can fuck off blah 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 yeah, like making them feel stupid and then it's just like, you're you're yeah, fucking the useless the, problem. the key the key's the problem it's like put the right lock in front yeah. of it and that key will go in and turn it lovely. Mm. That's a nice analogy. That's a nice analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that when, we, when you were saying it. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a nice analogy, yeah. <laughs> right? You can put the key in front of me. I might be a bit like mm. rough around the edges, but you put you put that in front of me. Bosh. Bam. Um, that's it. I haven't got anything else to say. <laughs> I, was, I wanted to ask you one thing, though. I think I've asked you this. I'll probably ask you this every time. Um, <laughs> what's, what, what's something you've learned now before that is, like, the most, you think, like, a really, really valuable lesson that you'd like to share? Um could be recent, could be that you found that you stopped drinking and it's helped. Listen to your gut. It's like, what? you? I feel like I always knew what was the right thing to do. I just never fucking listened. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that little thing of is is weighing up the, the gamble because I feel like there's so many gambles that life throws at you and it's like weighing it up to the point where how far am I asked am I going to fall if I, gamble, if I take this gamble? Um, and what do you mean gamble like like one way or the other it's gonna so yeah like that life throws situations at you mm. where you can like say go off to you've got this opportunity to go off to wherever but it means that you're gonna be skin or whatever and it's like weighing up like follow what, your gut basically. yeah follow your gut what did <clears> you <throat> what is your gut telling you and um work on yourself uh, well yeah just why huh why work on yourself? Because it's not going to just fucking happen for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, you, you can't just sit around and wait for things to happen. Mm. You've got to fucking make the move and make the effort and like, and realize that it's not going to all come at once. There's not like we were talking earlier. It's not this big fucking 
euphoric moment of like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's, ah, like it's like, it, it happens over a it's slow wins. amount of time. It's a few and, wins. And, and also when you're, I, I put this up today, I put this up yesterday on a TikTok. Be, when, when you're, when you're making these 1%, don't be afraid to fucking turn around and look back at what you've done because I've always feel right now that I'm so striving mm. towards, I've got this once, this fucking tunnel vision of where I want to be. And it's like, okay, you're focusing there and then you forget to turn around and have a look and think, fuck me, I've, I've come, come so far. far. Yeah. And I, and realizing the fact that when I was here, I was dreaming of being here. I'm already there. I'm already in my dream right now. Yeah. I'm living it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Come on, fucking realize it. Yeah, Be feel that. Feel, feel that. that. Be in the moment. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> do you know how many times I fucking was like prayed and like, oh, please, I just want to be here and I'm here right now. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. And I'm fucking so focused on this being in this other place. That I'm forgetting like I've made it already. Mm -hmm. I've already made it. So... I think a lot of people need to like realize you've already fucking made it. You haven't realized it. Mm. Mm -hmm. That was good. <laughs> I think that was probably the best flow in podcast. Yeah. Um, hit some nice points there. Yeah, we definitely hit some nice points. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, anything for you that you feel like <clears throat> is like a main factor of, of what you think is for someone else at our age that may be in that situation where they're feeling like, I don't know. Shit happens. Shit is always going to happen. Mm -hmm. A tree could fall through this right now. There's not even a tree on the other side of this wall, <laughs> but a tree could possibly fucking come through this, yeah. kill both of us, and that carries on recording, right? The possibilities are literally endless. So just understand that things will happen. They won't be as, they won't all be as extreme as that. They'll, they'll be, but things will happen that are fucking unexpected. Right. And you'll be in situations that you've never felt before. And I've, I've started to realize that I'm very comfortable and that I need a challenge to be. Um, uh, I need to feel challenged to, to actually engage my mind and feel like I enjoy this. This, this is, this is something I'm interested in. The point that I want to make is basically that shit's going to happen. You're going to have to learn how to deal with it. And I made an analogy to someone the other day. These analogies I'm doing again, nice mate. This analogy I made to someone the other day is, uh, the same thing I used about compounding and, and, and the snowball. So the snowball, when it's small, I was using this in, uh, in the, the example of, of, of mindset of like these past experiences always affect you. But the point I was making was that these things that happened to you that make you what you're like and the things you call trauma and the things which the person we spoke about at the beginning, who I said was calling mental health crisis teams. I said, those things are never going to change, but you will. And how you look at these things will change. So right now you're like a small snowball, a, a twig, this, 
nothing. A, a pen breaks a small snowball. A small stone breaks a small snowball. So snowball. But as it as it rolls and it compounds and it gets bigger, it fucking breaks through the things which used to break it. Mm. And I know this might sound whimsical, whatever, but when when you're when you're early on in this in this journey of of growing, small situations and things can break you. Yeah, you're weak. But as you grow and you get stronger, the things which used to break you are nothing now. And you're fucking ready for bigger things. So now the things which literally made me suicidal, depressed, turn to drugs, all of these things, I look at them now and it's just like nothing. Because you've come through it and you just think, well, I made it. So it's not that fucking bad, is it? Mm. And like there is no one size fits all. Like I can't, I can't say like you're going to be fine. You might yeah. not be, mm. but you, you may be like, there's no, there is, there's just no one size fits all for, for mental health and dealing with problems. But in my experience, I've grown as a person and the things which really used to like make me feel down. Like I know people there, if they have, if they have an argument with their missus, they're gone on a four day bender. Yeah. They can't handle anything like the smallest thing happens and they're they're in complete self-destruction mode right one small argument happens everything's up in the air they'll fucking let the whole thing go to shit yeah that's what happens when you're when you're weak-minded you need to if you don't want to experience that you need to learn how to deal with that and um yeah, challenge yourself and don't doubt yourself as well because once you doubt yourself and you think there's no way I can do this, if I sat here and thought I can't make a podcast, I can't I can't make something successful, why would I even try? Yeah, if I've decided, John, mate, we can't do this, we're, we're not going to fucking do anything with this, yeah, it's game over. It's, it's over when you say it is. So once you doubt yourself, mm. it's done. Yeah, so like su support yourself, be kind to yourself, like nourish yourself, look after yourself. Even if that's wearing comfortable clothes, eating nicer food, living in a nicer place, being around nicer people, stop acting in such um, self-destructive ways. You know, <laughs> I know there's a, like, a lot there, but mm. like that's what I want to say to yeah. people. I think another thing is like, you are in exactly the right place. You're exactly where you're meant to be. There's, you have to look at everything as a lesson. Like, what can I learn from this? That for me was game changing this. You're in exactly the right place. There's no need to worry. Like this is all for you to learn and to become a better person for you to win. This is all for you to win. And you just need to look at it like that. Um. Okay. We'll leave it there, shall we? Leave it there. Okie doke. <laughs> Thanks for listening, people. Thank you very much. <laughs> See you in a bit. See you there. <laughs>